freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 119 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today, I've borrowed from the rock group Pink Floyd from their album, The Wall. We don't need no thought control. And I know I am not cool enough to quote that lyric, but just bear with me because what I'm thinking is what the heck happened to our rock stars? They were our rebels. They were the voice of those who would encourage us to be distinct and unique individuals. And... What I'm thinking is that the rock stars today, they're, they're different. They're not, they're not the musicians, but they're the people who are every single day helping to push back the line of tyranny and ignorance. The rock stars are people like you who instill in your children and your children's children the lessons of history, the messy, uncomfortable, and painful lessons of our history so that they will not have to repeat those lessons in their lifetime. And so today, I'm just asking you to keep prying the chains off your own thinking, and I promise that I will do the same, as together we fight every day to remind ourselves and our future generations that we don't need no thought control. Well, our next guest, I'm so excited to have him on, Matt Best. He is the vice president of Black Rifle Coffee Company, Matt, which is amazing coffee, by the way. Matt joined the Army at the age of 17 and deployed five <coughs> times to Iraq and Afghanistan with the 2nd Ranger Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment. After leaving military service, Matt deployed to a variety of areas overseas as a contractor over the course of five years with the CIA. And he is here to talk with us about the mission of Black Rifle Coffee Company. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So, first of all, thank you for your service. What do we have? One percent of uh, the American population that that does serve, and so thank you so much for being part of that tiny little one percent. But. <laughs> What made you join the military at 17? Uh, you know, I come from a pretty long history of family service. My great uncles and grandfathers were all in the military. Uh, my father was a Marine. My two brothers were uh, Marines in the invasion of Iraq. And it's kind of very early age. I knew that's what I wanted to do and uh, obviously had to mess up the family and join the Army instead of going <laughs> to the Marine Corps. But it makes for some good sibling rivalry. So. Yeah, no doubt. Thanksgiving table is probably all kinds of fun. So indeed. So you went, I mean, you, you do basic training and then you went straight for your first deployment? I did. Well, uh, basic training, which was OSUT um, and then infantry and then airborne and then RIP, which is known as RASP now, to get to a Ranger Battalion or regiment. 
And then um, during the deployment cycle, Second Ranger Battalion was deploying right when I got there, and I actually was super, super excited about it because I, one of those guys, why train for something if I can't apply it practically? <laughs> I definitely understand that. Um, I mean, I have not served, so I don't understand it from the inside out, but. I, I can sense it from you. You're a person of action. You're a person of purpose. And that is one of the things that I love so much about the Black Rifle Coffee Company, because not only is it, I mean, delicious coffee, I've, I've really gotten a little bit more addicted to coffee since I've been drinking it. But uh, excuse me a second, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is Dan. Welcome to the show. I have, I have one issue. Yes. Okay? Every time okay. we go on a trip, Yes. Cheryl has a separate suitcase yes. with a coffee maker yes. and your coffee. Okay, what's the problem there? That is a problem. It's not a problem. That is a solution. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's you know, everywhere every time I travel with Evan, he has like a whole box made just specially for specialty coffee, so I know I get the best coffee in the nation pretty much. Um so I totally understand. Yes, we get each other. So getting back on track, Mr. Todd over there. I'll turn his me. microphone off. Okay. Um why um you guys spend so much time investing in the veteran community. Why do you feel that it's important to provide opportunities within that particular community? Yeah, I mean, first off, it's, it's kind of where all of us came from. You know, um, my business partner and CEO, Evan, is a former Special Forces Green Beret. And, you know, we've spent a lot of our, our life, pretty much the majority of our adult life, deploying and being a part of that kind of culture. So, I think it, I, I'll use a military term, but it behooves us to, uh, you know, look out for our own because I think that, you know, modern day society kind of ostracizes the American veteran and, and looks at us as a, in a negative light that we're messed up. And I completely disagree with um, that narrative. I think that some of the most talented and motivated and well-versed individuals come out of the military space. So, you know, that we're here not to provide handout but opportunity you know we we love hiring veterans obviously because their skill sets are usually just crazy that's so awesome and you may have just even answered my next question but what is the mission other than making amazing coffee as i'm going to keep saying because it is uh, (laughs) what is the mission of brcc you know, we always say vote with your dollar and, and we're hyper transparent in what our values are and what we're aligned with. You know, we're a pro Second Amendment company that tries to look out for veterans, law enforcement and civil servants. So, you know, when people purchase our coffee, they know that that's what the mission of our company is, where a lot of other companies have hyper progressive values. And if that's what you want, sure. But, you know, I, I truly believe that creating a company that's so transparent as ours, it kind of motivates people to participate because they feel a part of a movement and a culture that's really trying to change, you know, um, America for the better, you know. Absolutely. And I so appreciate that. And like when you said, vote with your dollars and, and support people who are supporting the same things as you are and not actually working against yourself um, inadvertently, you know, because sometimes we're just ignorant of what uh, the mission of the companies that we interact with are. And I, I think that's awesome to keep that in the forefront of our mind. And so you guys just made a big move, right? Uh, you're moving your headquarters to uh, San Antonio, Texas. Where are you moving from? Um, Salt Lake City, Utah. And yes, we just um, we're sitting in a building that we just got that um, is probably from the 60s or 70s. <laughs> but nice. we're super excited to be in Texas and everybody here has welcomed us. 
That's awesome. Well, we uh, one of our businesses is an auction house, so we love vintage. So we we hear 60s and 70s. We're like, yes, that's a vintage building. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and then you're opening another roasting facility. Where's that happening? That will be in Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. Um, and that's kind of just their overall goal to you know scale the company and not you know, outsource stuff, but to create jobs within the structure of our company to, again, kind of have oversight of who we can hire, which is hopefully keeping our uh, veteran hire rate really high how it is now. And so if somebody was out there thinking, well, I live in San Antonio or I live somewhere in Tennessee and I would love to go work for Black Rifle Coffee Company, but I'm not a veteran. What do you say to them? Should they maybe, you know, not necessarily apply or, or do you consider all applications? No, we absolutely consider all applications. I mean, first, we, we just believe in hard work, and, and every everybody has their own path in life, and a lot of people didn't serve, but if they support the veteran community and, and believe in the Constitution and, you know, the culture that we've created and hopefully um, taken a part of, then absolutely. I mean, we, 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 we value hard work first. Yeah, but show up ready to get it done, right? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're a scrappy company. We move in fast and um but that's a testament to how many you know talented individuals we have on our team here i love it well anybody that knows much about the black rifle coffee company or you personally your brand uh of of humor of the kind of movies that you're you've been involved in and, and the marketing uh ads that you guys put out they are irreverent they are hilarious um they're just a even if you don't like coffee, you want to watch these these ads and, and share them <laughs> around. You guys are really good at that. And so it caused me to have, um, you know, a bonus question for you. So if your town, wherever you are, in Tan- San Antonio, Texas, in Tennessee, here in Arizona, if the zombies have come, because you know they're going to come, right? What gun <laughs> is Matt Best going to grab for to defend the homeland? When you say that, um, you know, I'm going to have to go with what I already have built out because I'm like kind of a, a mild prepper. I have my go bag and my night vision and my, definitely my AR-15. I mean, um, I built a gun that's almost exact replica of my service rifle. And, you know, I've, you can't. So <laughs> definitely going to go with what I'm familiar with. I'll probably give like my wife a shotgun or like a precision rifle because she's a really good shot. Too. Nice. I, I like that. And she's in a lot of the ads, too. And I mean, she's just incredible. Um, she's fit. She's beautiful. She's intelligent. She's got a great sense of humor, and I, I bet she probably could take you for a run for your money out on the range, uh, as far as accuracy goes. Matt, are the, the zombies going to be drinking your coffee? <laughs> I actually think that our, our our coffee is the cure for the zombie apocalypse. So you know, well, just yeah, there you I go. So. You know, we'll I, I can a agree. Cup of Joe. You know, Cheryl wakes up in the morning like a zombie, and then when she drinks your coffee, she's okay. So <laughs> exactly. Nice. Uh, I thought we turned his mic off. Anyway, uh, Matt, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. And just as we go out, can you tell folks how they can follow not only all the work you do um, and those great ads I was talking about, but also get themselves a cup of delicious Black Rifle Coffee Coffee. Yeah, if you search Black Rifle Coffee on literally any social media, um, we'll pop up. Um, Google Black Rifle Coffee, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, and then 
you know, a lot of personalities associated with it, and I won't go through them, but um, you'll, there'll be definitely links to all the crazy videos that we make. So Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate your time. I so appreciate your, your service to our country, and uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Matt Best of Black Rifle Coffee. All right, stick around. We have Patrick Rothwell. Now, Patrick is the Managing Director of Government Relations and Federal Affairs at the NSSF. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our next guest is Patrick Rothwell. He's the Managing Director of Government Relations and Federal Affairs for NSSF. That's the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Recently, Patrick spoke on a panel at the NSSF Industry Summit to give us an idea of the political landscape as it relates to our gun rights. And he's here today to bring us up to speed on how much your and my vote is going to matter in the upcoming several elections. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Thank you very much, Cheryl. I appreciate you having me on. I'm so excited to, to have you on. We get to run into each other in person every once in a while, and I swore I had had you on the show because we spend so much time chit-chatting when we see each other in person. 
And I realized, no, I have been dropping the ball. So this is great that we were actually able to synchronize our calendars. So thank you for making the right, time. Well, it, it's a pleasure. So we often hear people try to discourage voting by saying things like, you know what, your vote doesn't even matter. Like, why do you even take the time? But you yourself have been in the world of politics your entire adult life. And quite an impressive resume, as a matter of fact. People should look at your guest page on uh, gunfreedomradio.com. And while you could have become jaded over time by being in this uh, crazy world of politics, you are still passionate about the process. What can you say to our listeners who might be letting those discouraging voices get into their heads? Uh, well, first, thanks very much. Uh, and uh, second, I would say your vote does matter. Um, you know, especially we look at some of these primaries that are going on right now. I know Arizona's got one coming up. Um, but there have been a number of different races just in the past few years that have been decided by a fraction of a single percent. Uh, oh we gosh. look at um, there was a very high profile race actually last fall in Virginia it was for a state uh, state house of delegates. And it the, that race determined who controlled the, the entire House of Delegates. And it was a literal tie. Oh, my 24,000 votes cast. It went to a runoff. It went to a three-judge panel. And it was a literal tie. They had to select a name from a film canister to decide who won. So in cases like that, I mean, there was others, too. 2006, Arizona, uh, U.S. House primary. In 2008, there was a Minnesota U.S. Senate race. And there were 3 million votes cast, or almost 3 million votes cast. And it was down to 0.01%. Uh, going back to 2004, the Washington governor's race was a vote margin of 133 votes in 2.8 million cash. So in cases like that, I mean, those are those are rarities, but your vote really does matter. And I'll say this, too. It's not just your vote. You need to educate yourself prior to going into the voting booth, but also do more than just vote. You need to go volunteer for a campaign, put out yard signs, do more than just cast a vote, but the very least. You need to vote. Mm. Wow. That's so important. You know, uh, putting your, your money where your mouth is. And w- our big thing here on Gun Freedom Radio is legacy. You know, I constantly have my daughter and my granddaughter in my mind's eye with everything I do. And so it's not just about this one campaign or this one um, person who's running for an election. It's about the entire it, it's a marathon right it's not a sprint it's a marathon and it is the long game that that we're playing and as i educate myself and involve myself i'm setting the standard and the example for the next generations that's absolutely right i mean we, if you want to talk about the long game we could talk about uh you know what we're experiencing right now with the supreme court nominee mm-hmm. um, this is going to be uh you know affecting the second amendment and you know people who are firearms enthusiasts and members of the industry for generations to come mm-hmm. so it is this is a long game and you know and also you know i don't know it, you got to be in for the long haul and i know some people who are running for office think a campaign is a is a, is a marathon and to them it is but it's a <laughs> six-month marathon what we're talking about here is you know decades if not generations Well, absolutely. And, you know, if you think about in the scope of eternity, how much, how young our country even is. I mean, we've only had 45 
people who have served as our president. I mean, yeah. if you think about that, it is it is a blink from the time that the Revolutionary War was fought to now and how much we've we've already turned our eye and forgotten. And, uh, you know, so it'll be another blink before what we do today that reverberates forward and impacts uh, our future generations. So you brought up the the Supreme Court nominee, SCOTUS, as as people say. You know, when you're cool, you get to say yeah. SCOTUS, right? Uh, <laughs> we now know who President Trump has recommended. What what are your thoughts about all the crazy hysteria going on out there about well, this poor guy? You know, one we're very we're very excited about uh, Judge Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Um, NSSF put out a statement as soon as the nomination was made. Uh, you know, we like everyone else, we were kind of reading the tea leaves and we had it down to four and we weren't sure where he was going. I, I, I got to give the president you know, credit here. He did a tremendous job keeping this under wraps until the very end. Um, but we we're very excited about uh, Judge Kavanaugh. As you know, he served on the, or I guess still technically serves on the U.S. Court of Appeals for D.C. Circuit, um, which they say is kind of the, you know, the minor leagues or the AAA up to the you know, to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in 2011, he there was a three-judge panel that decided to uphold the D.C. assault weapons ban. He was the one. Uh, he offered the dissent. Um, and this is something that I think, you know, people who are supportive of the Second Amendment gun enthusiasts can, can um, you know, have a little bit of solace with. That in his dissent, referencing Heller, you know, he mentioned that uh, there really is no constitutional difference, I'm paraphrasing, but there's no constitutional difference between a semi-automatic rifle and a semi-automatic handgun. And right. if semi-automatic handguns were legal under Heller, then semi-automatic rifles should be, you know, protected under the same constitutional protections. Right. Um, unfortunately, he was uh, in the minority, but you know that's something that we looked at as a very important, uh, uh, a very important dissension um, that gives us, you know, com- a level of comfort supporting his his candidacy. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. He's doing literally today. He's on the Senate side, uh, meeting with individual senators, answering those questions. It's certainly going to be contentious. As you saw, uh, they had uh, the anti-gun guys had press releases ready to go, and yes. they were objecting, objecting to whomever it was. Yes. Uh, there are people on the steps of the Supreme Court who had fill-in-the-blank signs, just we're going to oppose. Um, and it's, it's actually kind of funny that guns have not necessarily been the hottest topic for him. It's been uh, abortion, you know, pro, uh, Roe v. Wade, those mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. and some other things. But certainly firearms in the Second Amendment are going to come into play uh, during these meetings and also eventually during uh, during his his hearing. So I would I encourage everybody to pay attention, see where things are. Uh, and it's 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 shameful that you had people like Senator Bob Casey from Pennsylvania coming out saying, I object before the, before the person was even named. Mm-hmm. They had senators lined up objecting to whoever it was, mm-hmm. which is, it's un- it, it, it shouldn't be uh, believable, um, but given today's political climate, you know, that's kind of a, a nice microcosm of how, how things are right now. Well, I think what has happened is that, you know, the the, uh, the ones that are opposing, I keep wanting to say the other side, but the, the people that are opposing uh, what 
Pre President Trump is trying to do here, they're looking at things through their own lens. They know that they would have put an activist judge in place. And that's what they are afraid that, that President Trump has done. But President Trump has already shown that he has put in place a judge who really just calls balls and strikes. And so if, if Judge Kavanaugh is going to continue to do that, which his um, resume shows, then what they're afraid of is that what he's going to see that Roe versus Wade isn't really, uh, you know, it constitutionally valid, because if it's not, then it shouldn't be there in the first place. And let's make let's fix that doesn't mean that the world is going to implode. But most likely, what he's going to do is just what, what his history shows is that he's going to call balls and strikes. He's not going to go in there and start saying, well, Brett Kavanaugh believes this, so I'm going to vote that way. Right. And, and, and President Trump has announced and actually said something along those lines. I never ask people what their personal beliefs are. You know, we talk about balls and strikes. We talk about their, you know, views of the Constitution. He's, a, you know, an originalist, as, you know, uh, the late Justice Scalia was, as Gorsuch is, as Clarence Thomas is. And that's kind of what we're looking for, too, you know. We, look, we can look at case law, we can look at studies, we can look at opinion pieces, and that's what, you know, kind of led us to our decision to, to be supportive of, of uh, Judge Kavanaugh. Um, but I think going back to the other side, um, those, pe those people who are objecting to him and are, who are protesting already, and I think they are really concerned because they know that they are going to have, they're, they're not going to have the opportunity uh, that they were hoping for when Hillary Clinton lost. Mm. You know, that, and, we, and we said this, you know, leading up to the presidential election. This is, you know, it sounds like hyperbole and, you know, we can be accused of using hyperbolic statements all the time. But this was the most important pres presidential election for our, for our Second Amendment rights because of this very thing with Gorsuch now and with Kavanaugh, uh, Gorsuch then and now Kavanaugh. Uh, the 5-4 the, the decision of Heller and McDonald, if that were, if Heller, if Scalia was replaced by um, a liberal activist judge, and if Kennedy was replaced by a liberal activist judge, it goes from 5-4 to possibly 6-3 the other way. And I think the missed opportunity on the other side is now the frustration coming out. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, I think that they're even concerned that, you know, you look at the, the two oldest ju justices on the Supreme Court uh, are arguably the most liberal ones. So if Trump you know, continues. If Trump were to win a second term, mm -hmm. he could add yet two more justices on the Supreme Court. And I think that has them completely, you know, terrified. It does, but it shouldn't because they're just going to support the Constitution. They're not going to go in there and start muscling their way around. And that's the thing that frustrates me so much about the, the character assassination that's going on for, for poor Judge Kavanaugh right now. Um, just really seems like a decent guy, uh, really family man, all the, all the stuff that we would hope our neighbors would be and our judges would be. So we're really, really short on time, but there's a um, couple things I just wanted to touch on real quick before I let you go. So I was recently on Capitol Hill with the D.C. Project, That's, uh, and the NSSF has been so supportive of the 50 women from 50 states who come and talk to our, our legislators and I thank you so much for that yeah. the support that you guys well, give us. Well, we're, we're obviously very supportive of, of the work that you and and Di and everybody else are doing with the DC Project. But um, you know, it's something that only only the DC Project women can do. Yeah, and it's it's we want to just you know just be supportive of what you guys are working on. 
because it's truly grassroots. And when I say you're supportive, I don't mean you're cutting us checks. I think you're, no. I mean you you uh, laid out uh, you know some wonderful hot food to greet us after our long flights and gave us a, a yeah. little room so that we could uh, interact and encourage one another before we set out. Um, to have meetings with our, our legislators because we're just citizens and we're not used to this and we it's right. a little intimidating and so uh, it just gives us a chance to, to touch base and, and it's so invaluable that, that you guys have given that to us and I, I appreciate it. So, you know, I get the sense as I was walking around Capitol Hill that a lot of politicians have become a little afraid of their own shadow when it comes to speaking publicly about the Second Amendment, even ones who would you'd think be very supportive of the Second Amendment. And, you know, I couldn't even get an appointment with Arizona's own Congresswoman Martha McSally while we were there. I mean, what 2 a loving politician wouldn't have jumped at the chance to meet with 50 women who are at our nation's capital to support gun rights? Um, so, you know, it's also women's rights, it's civil rights, it's human rights. So what are you seeing? I mean, maybe her, her schedule was just full. I don't want to throw shade on her, but what are you seeing about the political environment? And are you seeing people being afraid to be quoted in any way about the Second Amendment? Well, I think, you know, historically and more recently, especially, we've seen a hesitation to engage on any potentially tricky issue, especially in an election year. And this is it's, it's not necessarily a new concept, but it's, it's gotten worse over the last few years. Um, we see it most of the time we see it in the Senate, and it was usually with the Senate Majority Leader just not wanting to bring up, and when I say the Senate Majority Leader, the past Senate Majority Leader, Harry Reid, not wanting to bring up any kind of gun-related vote uh, out of fear that his Democratic, vulnerable Democratic senators would be, uh, you know, voted out in a, in a number of months. Um, it, so that, I mean, that's, so that's been there. It's worse now in the in the wake of, the horrific shootings in uh, in Las Vegas and then in Parkland, and there has been uh, a pretty noticeable shift uh, in you know especially in the immediate aftermath of those of those tragedies, uh, where people are you know hesitant to even talk about it because they're they're afraid on both sides when they go home they're going to get lit up by their constituents. Um, now. Uh, I will say this, though, when scheduling meetings, you know, having been on the Hill for a number of years, mm -hmm. it, there's a number of reasons that, you know, the congresswoman may not have been able to meet with you. It's actually quite difficult. And you guys are almost a victim of your own success because so many people do want to meet with you that when you don't get the meeting, you're kind of shocked. <laughs> as to OK, what, what, OK, what, I'll calm down. So, that's, I, I just, Spoiled. I just, and that's a, no, but that's a credit to you and Di Muller and everybody else. The work that you do ahead of time, you get, you get a great lineup of meetings together. I, mean, I see these pictures that you know, you'll, everybody puts on Facebook. I'm like, my goodness gracious, they're sitting there. And I've been in that inner office, and that's not <laughs> easy to do. Well, I appreciate so. that because that, we don't have a concept of that. Um, you know, we just know that we're their constituents and, you know, we make an appointment at, you know, the doctor and the doctor sees us. So we, yeah. I guess we, yeah. <laughs> we feel the well, same way. You know, a member of Congress represents 700,000 people. True. Uh, True. A, a senator, depending on the size of the state, can represent a lot more. So, you know, to get any time with the member or with the staffer is, is a, is a pretty exciting thing. Um, 
It you is. Know? I will definitely guarantee you that. It, it is you're, an honor. If you're not doing meetings in the hallway with some you know, pay, unpaid intern who's 21 years old, you've done something right. I love it. I love it. Well, I, and we need to know that. So I appreciate that. And, and coming yeah. from you, that's that's really important. All right. We do have to run. But thank you so much for spending the time with us. And as we go out, Patrick Rothwell, will you just tell folks how they can learn more about the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the work that you do there? You bet. If you're a member of the industry, uh, we encourage you to go to NSSF.org uh, and look up our membership, look at some of the benefits we offer. If you're you know, in the retail range world, uh, there's a lot of things we could do. If you're not, I would urge you to follow us on social media, at NSSF on Twitter, and also go to GunVote. Uh, it's, a, it's our voter education, voter registration program that we try to keep people up to date on what's going on. It's at GunVote on Twitter, GunVote on Facebook, and uh, NSSF is National Shooting Sports Foundation on Facebook as well. So I encourage you to like and follow us there, uh, and I think you can learn, learn quite a bit about mm-hmm. what's going on watching the state capitals around the country. And your vote matters, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You get out there and vote. Vote in the primary. Vote in the general. Thank we need to you. Keep, we need to make sure that uh, you know, your, your Second Amendment rights and uh, the rights of, of, of the industry are protected for the next at least two years and preferably more. Awesome. Patrick Rothwell, Managing Director of Governing Relations and Federal Affairs for the NSSF. Thanks again, Patrick. Thanks, Cheryl. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Stick around. We have Tiffany Yerby Dillon, the Director of Design at 511 Tactical, waiting in the wings. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town, Avondale, off the I-10 and Dysart Road, and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. 
Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our next guest is a friend of mine, Miss Tiffany Yerby Dillon. I'm so excited to have you on. She's the Director of Design for 511 Tactical, as well as an amateur shooter, amateur hunter, and believes in farm to table and is a lover of the Constitution of the United States of America, a fellow lover along with me. Welcome to the show, Miss Tiffany. Well, thank you for having me. It's nice to hear from you. Absolutely. And you know, you are one of the most powerful women that I know. You just, it, it's just your presence. It's just everything about you. But, you know, power, it doesn't have to in any way diminish anybody else around you. And true power actually empowers those that you touch and that you're near. And that is what I admire about you. And you, I'm not the only, you're welcome. I'm not the only one who (laughs) recognizes that because you were just asked to speak at an event in New York about women in male-dominated industries and that sort of thing. So talk to us about that a little bit. Uh, Well, it's actually the um, first kind of event that this particular uh, woman is holding. She um, has a company of her own called Sustain With Purpose. And she reaches out to um, a lot of different um, areas of women's groups, um, even into those that are um, survivors of domestic abuse. Mm. Um, And so that's kind of how she started. But then she realized that, um, you know, with her helping women grow out of that particular situation and go into the professional world, it became difficult for women working with men and in a male-dominated um, profession. Mm-hmm. And so it was more of empowering them mm-hmm. to uh, be able to have a voice around men. So it's kind of evolved from there now to where that's most of her her coaching and her leading uh, women in the professional world. So yeah, I'm very excited actually to be asked to do that, but also be a part of that. Oh, I love that. And you and I both have experienced for ourselves how empowering it is to learn uh, about our Constitution and uh, to enact our rights, like through the Second Amendment and learning about firearms and safety and going yeah. out to the range. And so you were part of a, a show called Love at First Shot. And that is all of what I just described. A group of women come together and, you know, you're discussing different things and and from your own personal experience about, you know, what brought you into the Second Amendment community and and into having firearms in your uh, world. Some people just always grew up with them. Other people, they they came into them later. Um, But then there was this article that was written, I think it was in a magazine called Elle. And the yeah. per, the lady who wrote the article, she had such a, I was like, wait a minute, did she see the same show I saw? Because she had <laughs> such a yeah. bizarre way of describing what she watched. And uh, you had a, a, a nice reply for her. I thought you did be- beautifully staying nice. Reply to her um, just kind of in an <laughs> open way on your Facebook page. And I was like, you yeah. know what? More people need to hear, um, you know, kind of that contrast between, 
you know, she said we were like these Stepford wife kind of people, right. and we were like, mm-hmm. you go ahead with that. What what did you what yeah. did you say about it? Well, you know, it actually reminded me a little bit of um, you know when Hillary was talking to uh, folks in, I believe it was India or Europe saying that we voted for a certain president because our husbands told us to. <laughs> and so, or our fathers, or yeah, our that grandfathers, mm. and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, it's, I feel that they do have such a narrow viewpoint of women that are, that, that believe gun rights are women's rights. And I have a huge problem with that because they, they think that it's somebody from, and, and I, I, it's more the flyover nation area, I think. It's they, they pin us into this. Um, they have to do this because they were told by somebody, and they have to. And I just I feel it's such a um, – they look at us as if we cannot think on our own and, on our own and that we don't have our own brains. Hmm. And I, I, I take offense to that because every decision that I have made – my, I learned from my father to be a strong woman mm-hmm. and to stand up for what I believe in. And every decision that I've made as an adult woman, I've made on my own based upon facts that I have found, you know, in researching whatever decision I need to make. And um, I think that they pigeonhole us into um, being a follower of something rather than standing up for and taking control of our own self-defense, essentially. And they make fun of us as if, you know, that's just a silly, why would you need a gun? And it's, you can have a rape whistle. You can, you know, all it's, it's just a silly, some of the things that they tell us to do and, um, you know, pee on your attacker in that way, or it'll turn him off, you know, whatever it might be. It's just, it, it, it isn't at, at the end of the day, and it's what we'll called the police. And, you know, the Supreme Court ruled that law enforcement has no legal obligation to protect us. They're exactly. here for law and order, and they do do that, but they're doing that on their own accord because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I have to take all of those things within my hands for myself and my family. Exactly. And so I'm not doing it because my father told me I had to, and I'm not doing it because my husband tells me I have to. And so, yeah, I'm not a Stepford wife by any means, not. and my husband can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> not even a little bit. And so um, our time is going so quickly, but I want to talk about your work at 511. I mean, you are director oh, sure. of design for 511 Tactical. Yes. That is awesome. Talk to us about that. Uh, Well, it's actually, um, it's been a rewarding experience for me because I feel that I'm actually designing products for, uh, first and foremost, law enforcement, um, first responders, uh, military, all of that kind of thing are our first and foremost customer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel that we are part of them saving lives. And it means a lot. And I, you know, we get stories from them often. Um, how something helps them that we had created. And so that that's um, rewarding. Um, but we also cater to a consumer that, you know, does believe in the Second Amendment. Uh, we have a lot of women's products that we've been coming out with as well. And we focus those more on kind of concealed carry permit holders, uh, making it functional for them. Wow. 
And that's so important yeah. because we have to be able to move in our clothes. They have to be able to fit Absolutely. our, our. you know, it's not even just about guns. I mean, a lot of us carry knives. We carry pepper spray, you know, and we take them with us when we exercise. We, we all that exactly. Sort of, all that sort of thing. And you've got the foresight and you've got the team that understands that and then builds those clothes for, for that lifestyle. And it's, it really is important work. So, you know, we're always thanking our service members for their service, but you know, sometimes we don't think about the support groups around them. And, and I, I would, I don't think it's a overstatement to say that 511 is a support group for that community. We like to think so, and we do everything we can to be that support for sure. Absolutely. Well, I hate that yeah. our time was so short. We're going to have to have you come back again. Um, but thank, I would love to. Thank you so much for, for being on today. Tiffany Yearby Dillon of 511 Tactical told folks, just as we go out, how they can either follow you or follow 511 or maybe both. Okay. Well, on Instagram, you can definitely follow 511 Tactical at 511 Tactical. Uh, and you can follow me at Tiffany Gwen, G-W-E-N. Um, and I am also on Facebook, Tiffany Yerby Dillon. Y-E-R-B-Y is the Yerby. That one is always a bit difficult. <laughs> and the Dillon is D-I-L-L-O-N. Um, and I, I'm not on Twitter because it just gives me anxiety. <laughs> I I've tried it, it a couple times, us. so you, you can't find me there. Oh. Um, 511, I believe, has a Facebook page as well that's just 5.11 Tactical, um, and please follow them. There's all kinds of fantastic stories on there for quiet warriors and um, all those that do so, so much good in the communities when it comes to law enforcement, fire, EMT, and all of that, so... That is awesome. And I think that Twitter gives all of us anxiety. It is like one of the meanest <laughs> places. It oh. is. <laughs> yes, it can be quite vile, but it can also suck you in and you just end up losing hours of time. Oh, so I just, I try to stay away from that one. <laughs> true story. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much. We will definitely yeah. bring you back on and we'll find out how that thank event you. in New York went and what's new on your plate by that time. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you for having me on, Cheryl. Awesome. You too. All right. Tiffany Yerby Dillon. Tiffany Gwynn is another way to find her. All right. Stick around. We still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Commentary. Right after this. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. 
Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is the part of the show where we get to talk to you about the everyday heroes who are the responsibly armed citizens. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense and 200,000 times a year a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow, we rarely, if ever, hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. You know, I usually spend a few minutes setting up the scene to take our listeners into the moment that danger attempts to unleash his evil plans, but with today's story... I'm not sure I can do any better than the newscaster on setting up this semi-hilarious attempt at danger being dangerous. It was certainly an unlucky day for poor danger when he was stopped from his plans by not one, but two separate responsibly armed citizens. A wild crime spree at the River City Marketplace. Police say this man stole a cash register and every escape attempt was foiled by a person with a gun. Yeah, it was crazy. I didn't think it was possible. I mean, you see it on the news and you see it on cop shows and all that stuff, but you never think it's going to happen to you. The Army veteran you just heard from says he fought off the robber who attacked him with a knife. Police saying it all started Friday evening at the Walmart at River City Marketplace. 36-year-old Christopher Hill is now locked up on multiple charges. News for Jack's reporter Scott Johnson joining us now live from the Northside Shopping Center with the story that has a lot of people in Jacksonville talking about this one, huh, Scott? Tarek, this guy runs out of the Walmart with this register in hand. He's got a knife on him, goes up to one guy in a truck, gets a gun pulled on him. So he runs off to another car. Then that driver pulls a gun on him, too. At that point, he just went to a bathroom and hid. It all started at the Walmart in the River City Marketplace Friday evening. That's when investigators say Christopher Hill ripped an entire cash register off the counter and ran through the parking lot to escape. That's when he realized he brought a knife to a gunfight. Not once, but twice. Police say he first attacked Michael Reardon, who was sitting in his truck waiting for his wife. So this army vet who was wearing an AR-15 t-shirt today was forced to defend himself after he was cut several times. And I see your shirt. You're going to use your right to bear arms. That's true. Uh, these guys can talk about, you know, banning assault rifles and banning guns. But when it comes and happens to them, they're going to wish they had one. And I'm glad I had mine on me. Then after all this, investigators say he goes to Starbucks and gets in the passenger seat of another woman's car. So you know what she does? She gets in her trunk and gets her gun. Then after a second gun was pointed at him, police say Hill ran again, this time to a nearby Supercuts, where police say he hid in the bathroom until they arrived. And I talked to workers at that Supercuts who say he was only in there in a couple minutes, appeared to be on drugs, they said, but they weren't really scared because they didn't really know what was going on. By that time, police had arrived facing multiple charges, including armed carjacking and aggravated battery. We're live on the north side. Scott Johnson, Channel 4, the local station. 
dang, can't the thief get a break? I mean, come <laughs> on. Holly, you know, he's just trying to do his thing, you know, oh, just yeah. minding, not minding his Poor own business. Well, guy. you know, there's a great example. I mean, if you get you try it once, it doesn't work, you try it twice. Armed citizens are the, the answer. They are. It's the immediacy of what is happening. There's no time to call the police in a situation like that. Um, and, I mean, how does crime get a foothold? By being successful, right? Right. So if he'd have been successful that day, what's he going to do? Something harder. And str- he might do something more serious. And all the people he brags to, it's going to embolden them. Yeah. Well, now, mm, probably, you know, what stopped state was that many. In? Uh, golly, I should know that. He needs to move to, like, Detroit or New York or California. Where he has more of a, a chance. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville, you, Florida. You know, they should have a sign at the front of California. Thieves have a chance here. Welcome. Yeah, and it's in Florida where they have all these high school kids who are saying, oh, you know, we need to have our guns not part of society stuff. So anyway, you are over there looking like the cat who ate the canary just waiting for your chance to do Dan's commentary. Tell yourself you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes, oh, no. Okay. It looked like the liberals finally have a good reason not to appoint Brett Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court seat. Okay. I just read on Fox News just now mm-hmm. that the lib- this is their title. I don't like to label liberals. Right. I call them gun restrictors. That's about as far as I'll go with that. Right. I just read on Fox News that the liberals are attacking Brett Kavanaugh because of his frat boy name. That's right. Brett. Um, What? Yeah. A CBS comedian. I'm not going to mention his name. Comedian? A comedian on CBS Network. I don't want to say his name. He has a late show. Okay. All All right. right. Gotcha. Said... The nominee's name sounds less like a Supreme Court justice and more like a waiter at Ruby Tuesdays. Oh, my gosh. Come on. I well, mean, he's a comedian, though. He's trying to but, go for humor. But there's more. Okay. Then a tweet. I quote, We'll be damned if we're going to let five men, including some frat boy named Brett, strip of our hard-won bodily autonomy and reproductive rights. Who who's the tweet from? I'm not gonna give any. Is credit it a to is it a politician? I I can't I oh I can't say. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so, as a quote from the 1980s sitcom that James and I used to watch called Different Strokes, what you talking about, Willis? they're talking about is nonsense that's right so they're it's it's desperate okay they're they're looking for every stone they can uncover oh his name that's so okay. that'll be the buzzword now frat yes. boy frat is that yeah. what it said frat yeah. boy name and you know I, I heard an article Crazy. a couple days ago and i don't have all the information but you know they say the average supreme court judge before they were appointed were worth in the millions of dollars mm-hmm. before they were appointed okay well they did a deal with this with brett and they, you know, they checked what they could check. They don't know the value of his house. Right. But his financial, he has around $100,000. Oh, wow. 
$100,000. So he's just an ordinary guy. And he serves soup kitchens. He's done, uh, He he's a coach for a little league team. He's all all-around American guy. They can't attack him for the having millions of dollars. They can't, they're going to attack him for his name. That's just crazy. Yeah. Well, and he's got a record of doing exactly what we hope that judges would do. And that is just calling balls and strikes. He's not an activist. Just judge. Just judge. All right. We got to run. Thank you so much to our amazing tech crew over there. Even though you did try to eject me at the first of the show, because I, he's still ejecting me, still pointing at the door because I messed up the lyrics to, what was it? Can't eat your pudding. Don't eat your pudding. You can't eat your pudding. Out. <laughs> no pudding for you, Cheryl. No pudding for me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you to our listeners who have to put up with this. Thank you to our amazing guests who uh, spend their... I mean, your time is your most valuable commodity. For our listeners and our guests, we just thank you so much that you're willing to spend your time with us. We, we so value you. So until next time, uh, I will study the lyrics of songs better and uh, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them. All of them, Dan. Even the ones you don't like. If you'll listen to some music and try to learn the words. I still won't. Nope. <laughs> Especially Um, the ones you don't like. Be good to each other and have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey gang, this is Masad Ayub from the Pro Arms Podcast. I'm here to remind you that our podcast is a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. And I'm going to suggest you do what we do and check out the other podcasts at selfdefenseradio.net.